Welcome back to Don't Call It a Book Club. My name's Luke. My name is Daniel. Oh, oh wow. wow, that was way too intense. That was uh, very intense, but that's okay. That'll kick us off. We're doing second episode of Aching God here, the middle episode. And Dan, we, we don't have an intro segment for this one. We're going to jump straight into the book. We're getting right into it. So we've read through chapter 25, I believe. Yes, I think so. So we're through chapter 25. It's on my e-reader. It's 66% of the way through. So we are making making moves. Right. Great. Like great segments in this book that has set us up. Oh, absolutely. Usually we have to stop at two thirds and it's like at some middle of a chapter situation. This one's been timed very well. Also, the thematic timing has been really, really good because we've just found out that they've got permission to go into the temple that they've been traveling the whole book to go get to, which would have been a pretty big bummer if they got there and the people at the temple said, no, you can't go in. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a plot line that I was pretty sure was going to work out, but you never know. Yeah, I mean, it could have worked out much more poorly, like with them killing a bunch of priests to access the temple. But <laughs> yeah, but we'll we'll get to that it, later. It's turned out slightly nicer so far than it had to. Very slightly. So, okay. I'm going to I'm going to start us off. This is I wrote this down at the beginning of this section, but it's kind of true throughout and it's concerning Lumari. Oh, yeah, okay. So, two kind of separate things is she just doesn't get religion, first of all. Is my one point and stop getting irritated so easily, Lumari. Okay, hold on. You need to explain your first point just a little bit. What do you mean she doesn't get religion? So this was, I wrote this down at the beginning of the section. I think it's when they're going to this, they're going to talk to the guy that survived the last, ex, ex, or the last trip. Yeah. The that one that was blind. blind. Yeah. Yeah. And they meet this priest on the way up and she's cultivating her garden. And, Lumari's like, you know, some of those are weeds. And the ladies, I think she can't talk, but she essentially says, yeah, I, it's, it's kind of a, I mean, she doesn't explain it, but she's like, it's a spiritual thing. I'm tending all of God's children, essentially. Yeah. And Lumari's like, but they're freaking weeds. She's like, all of God's children. And Lumari gets pissed off for the rest of the day. Like, seriously? <laughs> Chill, Lumari. Like, if you're going to get pissed at every instance of somebody doing something seemingly irrational in the name of religion, you're going to be upset all the time, Lumari. <laughs> here's, here's part of the reason that I got frustrated by this is because, so both of us study chemistry. You're in grad school. I work in chemistry. And we all know, or both of us know, people that have taken themselves way too seriously in the scientific field. And like every time there's something that's maybe a myth or something like that, they get so excited to dispel it or explain it. And it's like, I, I'm picturing Lumori as a college sophomore who's like taken the first the first general chemistry class and she knows some things. She's going to disprove the existence of God using 
quote quantum mechanics to you <laughs> and it's like lumari no you're you're really not <laughs> yeah so that's i mean lumari seems very capable so she's not a college sophomore she's very good at she's very knowledgeable about all the alchemy stuff that she's doing so well what did she what has she done so far besides make make glue <laughs> So she made she made whatever that thing is that tackles the manticore basically. It was like a it was like a that's what I'm talking about. It was like a glue mm-hmm. that got it to stick to itself. It kind of trapped it. And she did make a concoction to dissolve the planks for the right, boarding yeah. party. I think that's it. Maybe. I, those are the main things at least. Which don't get me wrong, those are cool. But I don't think that they demonstrate she is an outstanding alchemist. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know this. We don't know the standard which to judge Lumari by yet. We don't know how much an alchemist can do in this world. Maybe what she did is super, super cool. So far, it sounds just like acid and glue, though. <laughs> but like good acid and good glue. Really, Yeah, really good, but... Speaking of the boat, can we talk about the last interactions they have with the captain of the ship that they're taking? Sure. The so the captain is very I don't like kind of traditional and he doesn't want anything to do with sorcery or the gods or anything like that unless it suits his purposes. So he uses those flame sorcerers to explode the other ship and they get into a big storm where one of his crew members has to have limb like a limb amputated like his arm cut off and sira sira is the one who's the priest of belu right mm-hmm. sira offers to heal the man and his arm and the captain says no that's okay we'll let the medicants take care of this one we'll do good old-fashioned medicant work uh if i'm that dude i want the priest of baloo putting my arm back on please yeah i don't know why the captain gets to make that decision there is no way that a medicant can put my arm back on they're amputating it it's coming off a priest of baloo maybe put my arm back on yeah oh also i kept saying baloo we're we're saying belu right Yep, it's yeah. Yeah, it, I, I think Baloo just sounds comical. It sounds like the Jungle Book, so that's that's why we have to go with Belu. Yeah, yeah, we're going Belu. And you know, this is why this is why people want to be able to pick their doctor, Dan. <laughs> right. You know, I just want to be able to take turmeric for my joint pain and not have to take vaccines, and I'll just pray about it. Yeah, and that's that's your right, Dan. <laughs> let's not let's not come down on the side oh, of the no. anti-vaxxers okay <laughs> i'm gonna talk about the pirate attack okay so no one has shields <laughs> there i don't know if you noticed this but there's a couple times where everyone just shoots arrows at each other yeah and it's like and then 
we shot air or they shot arrows at us and there was a hail of arrows and a lot of them hit us but like some of them didn't <laughs> what take some precautions against this is a known thing you know people are going to shoot arrows you should have something to counter that other than just pure luck because that's what it seems right now maybe the shield hasn't been invented in this world i okay so i thought that okay but there's a reference to it to the shield recently i think bellic i think is his name is talking about his time on the frontier yeah yeah you're right and he talks about a guy that has a shield okay the only explanation i have for you is have you ever seen a pirate with a shield you know what no never i think the only the and maybe this is just an oversight for naval warfare maybe this is something that they figured out on land and that intel didn't get transferred to the navy command about the shield technology i've never seen a pirate with a shield i've never seen a navy crew a shield anywhere to be found never seen it this is this is a good point why not Oh man i mean maybe they just don't have hand-to-hand combat at hand-to-hand combat as often but well but it would be so helpful for when the arrows come crashing right. down right? that's what you do against arrows you find something to protect you you're not like here dodging arrows the alternative i was thinking of is if even if you didn't have a shield for hand-to-hand combat you could have a shield that was exclusively for when they started firing arrows at you that was maybe it was like strapped to your back or something and when the arrows started mm-hmm. coming you turn around and you put everything kind of behind the little turtle shield you have and let the arrows hit the turtle shield there you go oh, you know what dan we should be we should join the navy um <laughs> in 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 ancient in you know we should go back in time okay and join the navy yeah and bring the shield to pirates and their elk there's got to be a reason why though there's got to be a reason why there's no shields we can't be the first we cannot be the first people to think of this here's here's the other good thing about having shields on a boat if you have a little hole in your oh my gosh yes you've got you you take apart your shield patch that hole up you've got some extra wood there we go shield plus materials for rebuilding holy This is so spot on, Luke, because if you think about a cannonball and what a cannonball sized hole in a ship is, it's basically the same size as a shield would be. So if you had a wooden shield and a cannonball came through your ship, you could just put the shield up against the the hole. Nail, 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 nail. Boom. Plugged your hole. (laughs) I, I don't know what these guys are thinking. Maybe they don't care. No, you know what it is? Okay, so the pirates don't have shields because it makes them look wimpy. Mm-hmm. This captain is way too much of a traditionalist to let his men have shields. Okay, so you think it's more of a, a manly slash, well, I don't know, manly kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it fits his character of, oh, we're not going to let the sorcerers heal or the priest of Belu heal this dude without an arm. We're not going to have shields. It's cowardly. And it's not how things are done. It's not it's not how I want things done. And everyone is everyone comes to him and is like, uh, really like a shield, please. He's like, no. That'll be five lashes. Yeah. And okay. I think that's fair. 
But there's another time where shield would be useful. The Manticore fight. Oh, yes. This is the second time that I was thinking this. And I had already written it down for the pirate thing. So my second note was just get a fucking shield. Okay? Because these Manticores come down and they just like spread out a little bit. I think Ark is like, they have bad accuracy, but they, you know, they've got a lot of spines. So like, watch out for them, but spread out so they don't hit multiple of us. And then they're just standing there in this semicircle, I guess. And the manticores come down, throw their little spikes, and hit some of them. What? <laughs> you don't have anything against this? <laughs> Get a shield! That's what, yes. Oh, God. I was, I was frustrated by this, honestly. And I don't know. I don't think it fits Oryx personality to not have a shield but i mean i could see it being just they have a lot of equipment and they're like they they only have so many things that they can take Mm -hmm. yeah and they're not anticipating needing a shield is my guess Mm -hmm. well but bellic when he was talking about you mentioned this before when bellic was talking about his time in the army they had one of them one of them had a shield they had okay okay holy shit hold on they always carried two things with them one of them was their mace and the other was a shield and bellic tells the story about a guy who never used his shield and got demolished by arrows and then after that point the guy was always the guy was on it about the shield the guy was going up to everybody and saying hey you got your shield hey you got your shield use your fucking shield Bellic tells this story near the end of our reading. They've already gone through all the arrows hitting them, the manticores <laughs> hitting them, and Bellic still doesn't realize, oh, I should have brought my shield with me. I would love to see a little moment right there where he tells a story and he's and then he ends up, he's like, oh shit, we didn't freaking bring any shields. <laughs> Forget the other point I was trying to make. That's stupid. We should have had shields this whole time. I mean, maybe they just need that guy, you know? <laughs> when I'm packing for a trip, I need someone to ask me if I have my toothbrush. Toothbrush every time, yeah. Maybe they just need a shield reminder guy. <laughs> that needs to be that needs to be a job in the Syriac League. Where the, the outfitter, he has a checklist. He's like, okay, you got this, you got this. And then shield is like underlined and highlighted. Shield is on there twice. It's the first thing that they ask about and the last thing that they ask about. Because you need to bring a shield. Got to. Okay. Let's stop talking about shields. So after they finish their seafaring days, well, I guess it's not quite at the end. After they finish their big battle and they bring that ship into port, they go talk to a duke. So why are we all listening to crazy people? What do you mean? This duke is crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Obviously. And <laughs> Sarah says this. Oh, are you asking why people are still following his commands and that kind of thing? Yeah, every time. Him yeah. and the queen. Just don't. Just don't. <laughs> What's he going to do? I don't know. I mean... All you you would just need a little bit of organization to overthrow this. Right? Not not even that much. Just hey, everybody, this guy sucks, right? 
Right, you'd have to get everybody on board, which I imagine would be easy. Yeah. Because who's winning in this circumstance? Like, who's coming out on top and is really benefiting from this? Nobody. Nobody. Not even, like, the Duke's crazy. We can't even say necessarily that the Duke loves this situation. (laughs) If we're being honest. Yeah. Well, so, I had a couple thoughts leading up to this. Okay, yeah. The first thing is, so, Auric and Syrah. Mm-hmm. Or, okay, so the Duke invites Sira and then invites Arik as well. I think like accidentally. And, oh, and uh, and the captain of the ship, I think. Yes. And I was just, when this first happened and they walk in and there's this huge table, really nice room, all these cool weapons, really nice like table settings, ton of food. I was just thinking like, man, I would love to get invited to something like this. <laughs> Hold on, Luke, like, but you're missing the grim visage that they saw coming in, the, the streets oh, lined right. with corpses, and the guy outside of his front door with his hands cut off and his head in the stocks. Right. Okay, true. I'm not... I, I don't know. I was, I, was, I was throwing that up to circumstance. <laughs> yeah, maybe the peasants deserved it. Maybe they were asking for it. That's a good point. Right, maybe. And I don't know, as a guy... I love a good, I love a good buffet. And here's the thing about buffets. I want to eat seven courses, but I don't want people to see me getting up and going back and forth seven times. And this buffet's on the table. It's all right there. It sounds really good. I'd never get invited to things like that. I don't know if I ever will. And it's a, it's a shame. And so I wrote down. So I wrote down, I would love to get invited to this dinner. Quickly followed by, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, at what point did you go from, oh, this would be sweet, to, oh, no thank you? It was pretty quick. Uh Uh-huh. Because the, you know, the room itself is described. And it's like, you know, the food looks really cool and everything. But the lighting is a little, it's a little weird weird lighting it's very you know, ominous too dark yep yep <laughs> and i think it when i first was like nope is when they walk in and there's nobody there and they're standing there for a little bit and then he talks from his armchair right then that's bad news yeah that's the dinner where you find out that that chicken you've been eating the whole time is actually person that chicken <laughs> that chicken is the servant who disobeyed him last week yeah, never a good sign if the person talking to you has their back to you or just can't be seen. It's a bad Always, look. always bad news. How bold was Syrah in saying he was crazy and then doubling down when he asked her what? <laughs> he like puts a knife next to the, I, I forget. It was the throat. captain. Yeah. And is like, what? <sighs> yeah. She's, I don't, she's killing it, honestly. I mean, I'm loving it. And the whole time, Arik was like, no, don't, don't. And I was like, yes, do it. <laughs> yeah, that was very, I don't know. She's, she's seen as like 20 years old or something like that. Mm-hmm. But she's a, she's a very, I don't know. She's, she's holding her own pretty well. Because who, who, how would she have known to say that he was crazy well she wouldn't she was just 
guessing. R- right, but she's very confident. Yeah, very I confident. Liked it. The other thing I have a problem with this guy is, okay, so if you're the queen, the queen's going to have a lot of servants. That makes sense. The queen's got, like, an army supporting her. So, the, like, people still listen to the queen because of her high status. These people who are servants to this crazy duke, they couldn't just quit and go somewhere else? <laughs> it's a job, There's, right? It's just a it's, job. It's, it's a hostile work environment so is what it is. The woman came to the door clearly have, having just been slapped. No. Mm-hmm. How about no? Never. <laughs> you leave that day. Yeah. Complain to HR. I mean, also, he doesn't have... He doesn't have the kind of magical protection that the queen does, in theory. This is such a good point. I mean, at the very least, it's almost like the people should have gotten together, come up with some kind of amendment, maybe the 25th, where (laughs) if your leader just starts spouting random bullshit that doesn't make sense, you get him out of there and get somebody new, you know? Like, that just (laughs) makes sense. It's just logical. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah for sure for sure it's a it's a that's a random idea that i think is a i don't know i think that's I think a little, should catch up catch on in other places i think it's a little too far-fetched honestly <laughs> true but so i feel like very rarely in books and i think i might have said this in the last episode am i just terrified of something and it's weird to me that I get really terrified in this circumstance of just a dinner with a with a guy. Because this is similar to the queen uh, hearing or whatever that was, where it's just like my heart was still. I was just like, Phew. and I don't know. I don't I don't read many books where I'm scared. You know what I mean? And this one did a good job of that at a just dinner. And I was impressed. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the tone that was set as they're going down the street lined with corpses was very ominous. <laughs> and then and then the line that the Duke says when uh, I forget who it is, but they're talking about how it's his wife that's has her throat slit. Yeah. And he said, my cure for a common cold. <laughs> That's, first of all, terrifying. But second of all, a great line. <laughs> I don't think By he knows how guy. cures work. That's not what a cure is. <laughs> well, he didn't cure her. He cured oh. his issue with the common cold. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that, that that's a very good line. Yeah, I was a little impressed by it. In this scene... Arik gets a sword, right? We're going to come back to this because the sword makes a very important appearance later. Why would you take that sword? <laughs> I mean, okay. So... I get I get taking it to not seem rude in front of this mm-hmm. crazy person. Mm-hmm. You get outside. Bye. That's going in the bushes, my dude. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Because no and especially 
I could understand how he he holds on to it and gets takes it to that shop or whatever that tries to do a reading on it. And, you know, he doesn't get a reading, but they're like, yeah, there's some weird stuff going on with this. Then, at the very least, you get rid of it. Or, here's an idea. Find a, a bank or some kind of place that will store things for you. Leave it there. And then go to your crazy temple that has magic and shit that you don't know how it's going to interact with this magical sword that you're bringing into it. You have no idea what this sword is going to do. And there's this highly, highly dangerous, uncertain mission. And you're thinking, I'll take this cool sword with me. <laughs> what? It's only going to help, you know? After it stabbed that guy, eh, I think I'll keep using it. <laughs> I didn't mean for it to stab that guy, but it did it. Yeah, he he's a couple times before that happened even said like I've used this and it's really good but I wonder what kind of toll it's taking on me. You don't you don't have to use it. <laughs> you know what isn't going to take a toll on you? The sword you brought with you. <laughs> the funny thing is though is that we are now going in a completely different direction because in the first episode we were like why are they not taking all these cool artifacts? And I think now we're now we're flip-flopping, which I'm okay with. I like a good flip-flop. Well, because they don't know what this weapon does. He takes it to that woman to get it appraised. Which, hold on. Before we before we get there, can we talk about the process that they let people into the into the barrel lands? Do you remember you this the, process? Uh I mean I I, I remember the the like writ of passage or whatever they call it. So yeah, they have the the writ of passage that the queen is giving them permission, but they also have these oracles that get to specify who goes into the barrow lands and they can just make up whatever they want to keep people out. And they say this in the, as they're getting inspected for lice, they say, Oh yeah. At, at one point, Oh, I don't remember what the, do you remember what the specific There's blonde hair? Yeah. Nobody with blonde hair could go in. Okay, so we're just making up shit now. <laughs> I uh, apparently it's. I would assume that this stuff has proven to be correct in the past, though. How? How? How could you possibly? How could you possibly? No, you can't. Like pr you can't prove a negative, right? So when they say no one with blonde hair can go into the Barrowlands and then nothing bad happens, they can't say, oh, see, we prevented a really, really bad thing from happening. Whereas <laughs> well, okay, here's... people go in all the time and get murdered, just brutally <laughs> murdered by these temples and nobody looks at the oracles and say, why didn't you stop them? Okay, that's fair. I think uh, my guess is that there's been times in the past where some oracle has been like, man, I had some feeling that we shouldn't let people with blue shirts go through today and then for some reason everybody with the blue shirts gets murdered and i imagine that's happened a couple times so then they were just you know we're gonna listen to this guy but not just that guy just everybody who's an oracle right if any of the oracles come up with something yeah don't let them in <laughs> i don't know if if i own a bar let's say mm -hmm. and someone comes up to me and is like hey this evening, I got, I think there's a decent chance 
that anyone with a mohawk is going to like bomb if the, if you let them in they're going to like bomb your bar i might if i trust this person i might say you know what nobody with mohawks in today uh okay first of all that happens that person i am calling the police on <laughs> okay in our world yes are you kidding me <laughs> no okay but what if this dude has a gemstone in his forehead yeah, <laughs> okay, the still calling the police. <laughs> okay, so I think we just need to acknowledge that they're making this shit up entirely, and there's absolutely no bearing on who they let in and who they don't. You just have to get sure, lucky. Sure. sure, I was trying to defend them, but there's... I, I'll, I'll give it up. It's ridiculous. So Arik gives his sword to this woman to inspect it. And it sounds like sh- what she's going to do is figure out kind of what its powers are and what its history is and how to kind of use it best. So Arik goes to pick up the sword after a day to see what the deal is with it. And somebody else has to give it back to him because she is super sick and couldn't finish the job. And Arik is pissed. Arik is so mad that he doesn't get his sword analyzed Arik, somebody is ill (laughs) and you're mad she couldn't work through her fever to get you information about this stupid sword Arik is being kind of a dick again i have i was gonna bring this up a little bit later well okay do you have more on Arik being a dick no he's just he's just acting like the let me see your manager kind of person Mm-hmm. And this this person is sick from the thing that you gave her to look at. This is which, by the way, red flag. Yeah, seriously, don't use that anymore. That's that should be enough. That should be a oh, it made somebody sick just trying to look into it. I should save this for later. No. All right. Yeah. Go ahead. Are you? If you get a really cool, well, okay, no, no. Let me start this a different way. Just more basic. Are you the kind of person that would name your sword? Or do you view your sword as a tool? It's a tool. You don't name it. Oh, that's a God. that's a killing Dan, machine. Dan, I wanted us to be on the same page with this. No! Sword is a tool. You don't name your sword. That's so gruesome. I just... Oh, today, okay. Daryl killed five people today. No, Daryl didn't. You killed five people today. <laughs> My 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 point that I wrote down was gonna be that a freaking of course Arik doesn't name his swords. No, that's ridiculous. Because okay, nobody should name their me, swords. You're telling me. Sure, if you're if you're in if you get like just a basic sword, you're in the army or something, and you're going through a sword every now and then. Like you just get a basic sword that's issued to you, and it breaks after a couple battles, and you get a new one. Sure, don't name your sword. If you get a freaking jow or however we're pronouncing it sword and you're going to use it uh i'm not that's not just a tool that's you got to name that guy uh if you're saying you got to name it is because it has some kind of life of its own and it's got some extra special abilities above and beyond a sword all the more reason to never use that sword <laughs> okay valid point i just I just think it's I think it's no fun to not name the sword, you know? <laughs> a sword is not supposed to be fun. 
the swords they're not the, a sword is a weapon a sword is a tool for killing people it's or or defending yourself dan by killing people <laughs> i just i just think it's kind of lame i think Oryx kind of lame i don't think so i think he has respect for a weapon luke luke imagine <laughs> this okay imagine this you go online one day and special not no no not you okay some one of your friends comes to you and says hey i special ordered this pistol from germany uh it's one of a kind super rare i call her uh i call her uh i don't know knuckle bones i call her knuckle bones what do you think pretty cool huh <laughs> okay <laughs> first of all yes that's terrifying but i think the better example is if say a friend of mine who's a police officer okay is like yeah we got this gun like i got i I got a gun today i got a special gun just me okay anyway and and i don't i'm not freaked out by a police officer necessarily naming his gun oh i am so much more freaked out by a police officer naming their gun luke no (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> come on blood drinker okay, we're going to patrol the streets blood drinker. <laughs> god what a terrifying name for a gun okay <laughs> okay I I concede your point a little bit if somebody tells me they've named their gun I am not hanging out with them anymore Okay, in the real life, yes. If I'm if I'm playing Skyrim and I enchant my glass sword to do like plus forty percent frost damage, I'm naming that bad boy. Sure, you're gonna call it like Ice Fang or something stupid like that, and everyone's gonna avoid you. You're gonna have no Skyrim friends. Cause you're gonna say, check out Ice Fang, and they're gonna be like, it's just a sword, dude. I get that it's got some enchantment, but that's a sword. But it's a freaking dope sword. Yeah, you're too into your sword, dude. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. We're not done. We're not done with Arik, though. Okay. Uh, I think we might come down a little harder on Arik this episode. Even more than last time? Oh, way more than last time. I'm on board. So, who's the person that Arik thinks about the most, more than anyone else in the whole world? I'm going to say Linda. Linda. His dead mentee. Like, the person he was mentoring. His apprentice, in a way. Dude had a wife. Dude had a son. Both of them are dead. Mostly because of his actions. Yeah, we hear very little about them. Almost none. Dude has a daughter who is... We hear some about the daughter. Right. Actively dying. Arik talks about Linda nonstop. I mean, I will say that's that's partially because he's having these nightmares basically every day. I mean, fine. So, <laughs> so I, I mean, if he was, I, I'm imagining if he's having nightmares about his wife. I think she, I think she committed suicide. Yeah, if he's having nightmares about that every day. We're probably going to hear more about her. Yeah, well, he obviously doesn't care very much about his wife committing suicide (laughs) because he has no dreams about it. None. (laughs) Yeah. 
Fair point. And his son dying in a by a trap somewhere in a temple? Nope. No dreams about that either. Whatever. Lenda, though. Mm. Like, have some concern for people who you claim to have loved at some point. Arik. Okay. Yeah. I'm Fair point. I'm starting to think Arik might be a sociopath. Oh. I'm starting to... Oh, shoot, Luke. Now I'm starting to think... Arik might be a sociopath, and Arik murdered that guy because he's a sociopath. Not because the sword made him do it, but because he wanted to do it. You want to take this a step further, Dan? Yeah, take it a step further, Luke. Arik doesn't really think that he's responsible for murdering this guy. And in fact, he remembers it slightly differently. You think there's any chance he remembers his whole Linda escapade slightly differently? Holy yeah, damn. Holy shit. Auric <laughs> is the aching god. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> Auric murdered his whole Syriac troop that he went into that temple with. And that's why they found him babbling and incoherent afterwards. Because he was in a fugue state. That mm-hmm. he just wasn't aware of it. Mm-hmm. Maybe he killed his wife too. Yeah, potentially. Oh, dude. What's he going to do when they get into this freaking temple? Oh, man, I'm excited to find out. Oh, boy. (laughs) That might be that might be our biggest our biggest plot twist yet that we've guessed. I mean, I think it's it's currently a theory right now. Mm -hmm. And. So far, it seems pretty... I mean, he seems like a sociopath because he doesn't care that someone was sick looking at his things. He doesn't really care about his family. He has recurrent nightmares about this awful deed that he may have done himself. We don't have a lot of details about how the people died. I mean, sure, he keeps going over and over again, the fact that they were eaten by zombies, but that's from his perspective. And he murdered someone in cold blood. He murdered someone in cold blood. He also, I still think him cutting off the ear of that dude in the bar fight was kind oh, of Oh, yeah. Super psycho. Okay, so listeners, if you have more to add to this theory, tweet at us. Uh, at DC at a BC. And the hashtag is psychoaric. Yeah. Make sure to spell Arik correctly. <laughs> or don't. We'll probably see it anyway. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I like okay, I like that theory. And yeah, I uh, Arik just he feels odd to me. There's something wrong with him. Something wrong. Okay. Let's go to the 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 city where they're that they leave before going to into the Barrowlands. Mm-hmm. This is very small detail, but there's a regulation that buildings can only be one story. That's pretty strict. Oh, this is not the thing I was thinking of, but because okay, this is that's a common thing in like modern cities. Yeah, you know, you can't be above where I live. It's you can't be above two thirds of the Capitol building mm-hmm. where I live. Mm-hmm. So that's not unheard of. But one story is the max. That seems very inefficient. Okay, I mean maybe. But this place that I'm envisioning is not a very big city. 
it's kind of an outpost basically just for people to gear up to go into the Barrowlands. And so I imagine there's not a whole lot of people who are trying to build more than one story high. And it's almost, oh, it also might be a tactic by the city planners to keep the city small. So, yeah, I was I didn't have a good theory as to why, but obviously there's some good reason as to why. Right. Well, I think because it's walled in. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the city's walled in. And if you can't build more than one story high, that severely limits the number of people that can fit in this place. Maybe they're really trying to limit how many people can go to this city and stay there comfortably. Okay. And they're doing it by now. I mean, if people really wanted to go run around in the murder place beyond the walls of the city, you could probably dig a cellar or something and they'd have like a cool underground part of the city. But I, I don't know. I don't think there's a whole lot of people trying to go run around fighting manticores and shit. <laughs> yeah, fair point. What was what was the thing that you were thinking of? So the thing that I was thinking of is when they went to the bar where they got, or they were going to get the three mercenaries, as they were entering the bar, a woman rushed out. And this woman was clearly very poor. And the way you know she was poor is she had a sword without a sheath uh, stuck into a rope belt at her hip. That rope belt can't work for half a second with that sword, right? (laughs) That sword is cutting right through that belt as soon as you put it in. There's no way that works. There's no way a rope belt with a sword would work. Well, how are you having... Okay, first of all, let's just think about this logistically. Yeah. A rope belt for it to work has to be very tight against your waist. Yes. Is she slipping the sword in between her hip and the rope belt? That's dang- That's risky. Yeah, so if she's doing that, ouch. If she's not, and she has the sword, like maybe it's got a separate kind of strand little, that comes off to the thing. side that you put the sword in. If that sword is sharp at all, it's cutting that almost immediately. So I guess maybe this just is an indicator of how dull that sword was that she's carrying around, which, okay, that makes sense. Fair enough. But when I first read it, it was just, okay, there's no way that sword would work. <laughs> yeah, fair point. I I imagine it's either the sword's just super dull, which wouldn't be surprising at all. Right. Or like she seemed to be running out of there in a hurry too. I guess. So maybe, yeah, 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 maybe she forgot the sheath or something like that. Right, something like that. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. You want to jump to the priory, I think they call it, which is basically the church that they go visit? Um, Not yet. Okay. Luke, this is something I've been struggling to figure out since they had the bar fight. And it was, we were reminded of it when they were going through the barrel lands. They are camped out and two people come up to them asking to see their papers, pretending like they're a patrol. At this point, there are seven of them in their party. And these two people come up to them and say, show us your papers. Okay, now give us some money. And Arik says, uh, no. And they pull spears and say, okay, well, then we're going to fight you. 
it's two on seven. <laughs> and these people, if you're in the Barrowlands, these are warriors. These are people going, you know they're from the Syriac League. These are people going into a temple that has dangerous stuff in it. They're not wimps. And they outnumber you three to one, more than three to one. And you know you don't have backup. Who in their right minds would try and steal from them? I uh, Right, okay. It seems high risk. So high risk. Because it just seemed too high risk to be feasible. So it got me thinking. We're, we've got to be missing something. Uh-huh. Because if you and I come upon a party of seven that are armed to the teeth in a dangerous place, we're not going to try and rob them. No, I'm asking them for help for sure. Uh, yes, we are lost. <laughs> but if you and I come upon a party of seven and nobody's above three feet tall, yeah, yeah, we could probably take them. <laughs> Are you, are you, do you think everyone on this trip is three feet tall? No. I think almost everyone on this trip is three feet tall. <laughs> so we know Arek is short. Mm-hmm. I think their mercenary is short. Mm-hmm. The only person who's described as tall is Neus. Mm-hmm. I think... Everyone else is very short. Well, here's the other thing. Sira and Lumari. Sira's a priest of Bellu. She can't really fight. Lumari's an alchemist. And, I mean, maybe she could whip up something that would help, but you would picture that she probably can't really fight very well. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, though, because... Belloc is there. Yeah. Granted, we don't know. I mean, ugh, Belloc is. I don't know. So I looked at Belloc's description. He is described as a big man, not a tall man. The only person who's tall is Maeus. Here's okay. Here's the other thing: is they're talking about the giants, and they say most of them are six feet tall, and they can get up to eight feet tall. Which, sure, eight feet tall is huge. Right. Six feet tall? I'm six feet tall. Okay, this actually has more plausibility than I originally thought. Right? And maybe this is why those drunken bar patrons thought that they could take Arik and Bellic. Because mm-hmm. when I initially saw that fight, these are two well-armed and armored people who are coming in and trying to end this bar fight. Well, Bellic was already there, but... Arik is armed and looks like a warrior. But if he's three feet tall. <laughs> okay, I do think it says his height at some point. <laughs> okay, yeah, it probably does. But Luke, I, w- we need another explanation then. Okay, yeah, I, 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 think, I think you're kind of on the right track. As in, there's something about them that makes it seem like they're easy pickings, basically. Yeah, they look like they would be easy pickings. I'm not sure exactly what it is. But, I mean, it could be a combination of a lot of them being short and none of them having shields. 
you think the bandits see no shields and like oh yeah these are noobs <laughs> these rookies didn't even bring shields we got them you know maybe but yeah it is it's a little bold and I, I mean i think we can just chalk it up to them looking like they're way out of their league yeah but even then if it's seven on two i don't know even if they looked like see this is why i was thinking they had to be short is they've got to look like kids they've got to just look like children running around the barrel lands otherwise you can't take them they are all very young other than Arik and Belloc, i think yeah but they're not kids right but i mean maybe the maybe these bandits were thinking these guys are really easily convinced you know like, they like could... if i'm if i'm 20 years old or something and i'm out some doing something that i'm not very familiar with and someone is like hey let me like if i'm if i'm traveling somewhere and i've got tickets to go to this place uh-huh. and people come up to me and are like let me see your tickets um okay those look like they're in order but there's a fee i still would i don't know i mean i could see them like young people being like oh okay i don't want to mess up that here you go and maybe that's what they're thinking maybe but uh, the fact that they doubled down it would be like if they said there's a fee you pulled out a handgun and we're like i don't think so and then they pulled out a handgun and were like oh yeah there is and then your six friends pulled out their handguns and said i don't know about that and then they shot you know i don't know there's there's something off about this party i don't think we've nailed it down to the height yet that was the easiest one that i could think of because otherwise there's not a really obvious thing it could be that would instantly identify them all as super weak right there's something off okay i agree i think you're probably right that there's something off we're gonna move on to the church the priory whatever they call it so i have one thing written down but there's a lot of things that we can talk about the first well they okay so they get there they find out that the that the head of the priory has died and then they find out that it's i forget his name but the guy that was the priest on this last expedition and then they go to this conclave and let's talk about the conclave but i just want to talk about their voting system i don't know if you noticed this so his body's still there (laughs) yeah and they don't write the name down and then pass around a hat and put it in they put their vote on his chest that seems disrespectful to me. Yeah, maybe a little bit. I mean, I think it's kind of saying something about the fact that this world doesn't really care that much about, or it's not seen as quite as taboo to, um, like, be around the dead body, a dead body of somebody. Mm-hmm. I just, that was kind of jarring to me. Yeah, how they would walk up and, like, pull his arms off his chest to put their little vote underneath of it <laughs> yeah also i mean maybe there were like system there were like 40 votes right yeah so that stack of paper is going to start getting pretty high off his chest imagine imagine being the one who puts it on top and then the whole huge stack of paper slides <laughs> off his chest because it's not like a your chest isn't made to hold papers on it 
Right. Things are falling off that. And so you're the one who puts one on top and then the whole pile falls over and you're like, shit, ah, hang on. I got this, guys. I got that. And these are private (laughs) documents, too. These are things that nobody's supposed to see until the tally happens and you knock off a bunch of them. Yeah, I'm sure someone knocks them off and no one goes to help. And they're like, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Sorry. (laughs) They pick it up. 45 pieces of paper and like just one second guys okay sorry here we okay here we i'll put them okay sorry there's one. Oh, yep do you anybody see any more <laughs> and it, you finally get them rearranged and then it just slowly starts sliding and you just like put your hand on it and you're like i'll just hold it i'll just hold it here i'll just i'll just hang on to it you got another no vote? one's giving no one's giving any help it's <laughs> just watching him yeah that happened for sure <laughs> but so the conclave happens. Seems like a seems like a classic debate between left and right. <laughs> yeah, classic. And, <laughs> and uh, the 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 good one wins. I guess the one that we wanted to win wins. And then I want to jump to the well. Okay, first of all, they f- they make this guess that the the guy that was arguing against them is the other person that survived this expedition and that was a very impressive guess because they were like yeah he doesn't look at all like he used to i (laughs) i also thought it was very bold but given i don't know kind of given the coincidences that they've had throughout this He's, they've got to run into him. Yeah, that's fair. And so they probably thought, we're running out of time to find that last guy. Well, he's got to be here, right? Who's the oldest guy here? Yeah, that's <laughs> probably him. I, So I thought their initial guess was bold, but plausible. Because mm-hmm. some of the, the fact that he was a warrior priest and are about the right age, to me, was like, right. okay, yeah, this is probably that dude. But their strategy, our strategy for getting him to reveal himself was incredibly reckless. He was counting entirely on the fact that this guy would say, that's not a gem. When he pulled the bag off of the egg, that was that was what his whole argument was based on. The fact that this guy would recognize that it wasn't actually the thing that he had brought out of the temple. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> So okay, I d- I will say I don't think that was his that he didn't have that plan originally. No, 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 you're right. You're right. So it's not like he was going in there like this is how many get him. Um Yeah, that was lucky. I mean, I think everyone was starting to believe them. Yeah. When they were like you have a flail that looks exactly like that. Right. And his his denials were getting kind of weaker and then that kind of sealed the deal. So yeah, it was very reckless, but I don't think it was quite as crazy. So here's actually something that I think supports our Arik is a psychopath theory. They didn't have to do any of this. Arik didn't have to totally blow this guy's sweet cover and reveal him to everyone. He didn't have to come out and say, this guy went into the temple a long time ago. Because this guy isn't in charge of whether or not you get into the temple. And it right. didn't sound like the prior 
was going to say no in the first place. You're arguing at the wrong people. Just let them yell and then say, okay, but seriously, can we go down there and wait for the prior to say, yes, that's fine. Yeah, I agree with you. But he decided to- I was not expecting them to bring it up. He blew this dude's whole zone up. To be fair, the dude's kind of a dick. Yeah, but he's old. (laughs) Just let him die. It's not affecting you. He doesn't have power. If he was the prior, sure, blow his shit up. But he's got no power. Well, I, I don't think Auric is planning ahead like this, but I could see him them being allowed to go down there and then this guy leading some revolution or something like that. And then when they come back up, he arrests them or something like that. Uh, I guess. But at that point, you're done. You're good. <laughs> right. If you cut, if you come back up at all, you're sitting pretty. I think. Fair point. Yeah, Auric. I and like I said, I wasn't expecting him to reveal this secret. And actually, Bellic is the one who's like, "Friggin' reveal it, man! <laughs> Fuck him." <laughs> this is basically what Bellic. Bellic's like, "Put him on fucking blast, my dude." <laughs> Which I freaking love, Bellic. By the way, <laughs> Bellic's great. Bellic's the yeah. glue that's holding this entire party together. Oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> and then last thing i don't have anything written down for this but dell gets murdered i didn't think that Del. would be as upsetting because i knew i mean we knew one of them was gonna die at least yeah because they had seven and they were supposed to go down with five yeah and i was to be honest i was hoping it was lumara lumira lumari lumari because i don't know she's fine but she wasn't that cool del though right del had tattoos del was like that's cool (laughs) del was like fun yeah exactly yeah we were we were pretty i was much more upset about that actually than I thought I yeah, would be I would, about, no, about any of the characters dying in this book. I think that might have been the one that was the most. That or Syrah. Yeah. I think if Syrah dies, that's also going to be, oh, not good. <laughs> Everybody else, whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, I was, I was, I don't know. I was pretty shocked by that. Just the suddenness of it, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We stopped at a time where there's a decent chance that there's going to be a lot more deaths coming up soon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, last third of this book, maybe they're going to get to that temple. You know, who can say? Maybe they're going to find the Aiken God. Maybe Arik's going to kill everyone with this cool sword. Right. Maybe Arik turns into the Aiken God. <laughs> maybe, That's my guess. Maybe Arik's been the Aiken God the whole time. Maybe Arik's been a exactly. ghost the whole time, like those ghosts that we saw. You know, there's a lot of questions that could be answered. There's a lot of uncertainty in this book. Honestly, anything could happen. But you know what's going to happen, Luke? Tell me. Well, we're going to be reading and we're going to be throwing out hot takes. And acting like dumb nerds. (laughs) 